0: Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYad.com and get a free copy of the Fantastic Filler Up Book. It's a full color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars, plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYad.com, click on the free book button on the home page, and download your filler up book today. It's free at CarsYad.com. Hello automotive enthusiast. Today I'm very excited to introduce my special guest, Lance Lambert. Lance, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I am always ready for a fun ride, so let's go.
0: All right, it's great to have you here. Thank you. You're welcome. Lance Lambert is the executive producer and host of television's Vintage Vehicle Show that appears weekly on 101 TV stations and 27 foreign markets. He has aired over 450 episodes. He's an author of the automotive book Fenders, Fins, and Friends, Confessions of a Car Guy, and staff columnist for Garage Style Magazine, Journal Newspaper, Collector Cars, and Hotline.com. He's a recipient of the Lee Iacocco Award, an inductee to the Washington State Hot Rod Hall of Fame, and the producer of 12 automotive topic DVDs with sales of over 260,000 pieces. He's owned over 40 vintage vehicles of all different marks and has performed on stage hundreds of times at various events in comedy clubs, including Comedy Central. Frequently asked to utilize his talents as an MC in Concorde event, and as an auctioneer, Lance has motor oil in his veins. So Lance, I've told our listeners a little bit about you, so please take some time and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I, the love of cars. I, this sounds like I'm trying to make a joke, but it's actually true. I think my love started in, on the ride home from the hospital after I was born. <laughs> it's just as far back as I can remember. I've just been nuts about cars, and when I was a, you know, just a squirt, I was pushing them around in the dirt in the backyard and playing with anything with wheels and when I got old enough to make a little money, you know, with the paper route or collecting bottles around the neighborhood or whatever, I would run out and buy an AMT model every time I could save up a buck and a quarter and and built model cars and had my first car at fourteen and was off and running and and did a lot of performing and was in various forms of entertainment and all that distilled down into doing the television show, which uh, we started 21 years ago. That has been a, a slow, steady ride and lots and lots of fun. The writing, which has really taken a lot of my time now, I really enjoy that and write for the publication that you mentioned and and several more. And My first book came out uh, last November, Fender's spins and Friends, Confessions of a Car Guy, and In October, Gears, Grins, and Gasoline, My Real Life Adventures comes out. Oh, right. Published uh, published by Woodard Isle Press. And then in October of 2015, my book, Train from Tacoma, Confessions of a Temporary Hobo, comes out. (laughs) Um, So I'm just loving the writing and and find myself doing more and more of it. And it's gone well. So uh, I'm happy with that. So it brings me up to you know, when I get off the phone today I'm gonna to jump in my Volkswagen that I just purchased about a week ago and do an appraisal on a thirty four Ford and then go to a Friday night cruise in the up the street. So it's all about cars. A
0: car guy through and through. And later on in the show we'll talk a little bit more about where people can find out about your books and so forth. But it's a wonderful thing that you're doing and obviously with these books being out in Christmas time coming, I think they would make a great gift for automotive enthusiasts, no doubt.
1: Very good observation. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I I support that. uh,
0: I bet you do. Well, we'll look forward to seeing those, and we'll learn a little bit more about how we can uh, get our hands on those and contact you a little later in the show. Okay. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. And this is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Lance, take the wheel.
1: Well, I, my favorite one that I tell myself every day is is the, the question and the answer. The question is how do you, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. <laughs> and I just just keep plugging away at whatever you know, whatever project I'm involved in or in, or if something seems overwhelming or whatever, you just keep going. You keep eating that elephant one bite at a time, and before you know it, uh, whatever you've Set out to do is
0: accomplished. I'm part of a, um, a group of podcasters that we kind of support each other. And a gentleman posted on Facebook the other day, he's just overwhelmed. He's got a full time job trying to start a podcast, trying to do a blog. He has three kids. How does he do it? The post I said was exactly what you just said How do you eat oh, an elephant? That's good. Yeah. And right. so I love that one. How have you incorporated that into the success of your life? Because you're doing so many different things with the TV, writing books, appraising cars, and all the different things you do. Can you give us some examples?
1: Well, um, when I started the show, I'd been involved in, in a couple of other television shows, non-automotive, and I wanted to do a show about cars. I talked to Tim Stansbury, my producer, on the other shows, and he said, well, we can give it a shot. And we did one show, and and then I wanted to do another one, and in the beginning, it was just a hobby. We were on one local station, and I was just having fun with it, and and then I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe I can make a go of this, and we just kept doing it, and, you know, getting sponsors is, is really difficult, and getting stations to pick us up is real difficult, and dealing with networks and various people is real difficult. And and I had a lot of people tell me, you know, you're just, you're really small potatoes. You're, you're just not going to succeed. You can't do what you're doing and, and, and make it. And I just, you know, I knew they were wrong and I just kept doing it and slowly but surely. And it's, it's been, you know, slow, it's been 21 years, but I just kept doing it. And fortunately I, I'm doing what I love. So it wasn't like I was, you know, trudging into the factory every day and doing some job I didn't like. I was passionate about what I'm doing, and people just little by little appreciated it more and more, and the show just grew and grew, and as you mentioned, 101 stations across the country, and I realized compared to a lot of the other uh, network television shows, I'm I'm pretty far down the pecking order, but I'm pretty pleased that uh, with the efforts of myself and Tim Stansbury and my wife, who is... Jan has just been absolutely a tremendous support on all of this. Uh, we just kept plugging away and, and, you know, we've stayed alive and kept our head above water and and I've got the best job anybody could ever have. I have so much fun doing what I'm doing and the people I get to meet, the cars I get to see and the places I get to go. It's I just wake up every day and can't believe that I've, you know, the, the, all that hard work has paid off and, yeah, and I have the greatest job in the world.
0: Well, it's a great inspiration for our audience and it's what Car Jazz yeah is all about, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And a key message I hear over and over from people that are working in the field of automotive, which is their passion, is just getting started, just doing it, mm-hmm. getting up and doing it and working hard yeah. and uh-huh. sticking with it. And what you described is exactly what is needed. You just gotta keep doing it. I know when I started this podcast that very first one, I looked ahead, how am I going to keep this going? And you just keep doing it. And I get very fortunate when I get to interview people like you. You call me and said, Hey, let's do the show. So mm-hmm. great advice, especially for young entrepreneurs or somebody mm-hmm. who wants to break into the field of automotive and, and have some fun. So, yeah. would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I'd like you to tell us about that pivotal moment when you really knew you are a car guy. Now, I know when it was when you were driving home from the hospital, but maybe it came a little bit later.
1: Uh, an example of how passionate I was about cars at a really young age. I had, uh, like a lot of kids, and uh, you know, I was probably five or six or something at the time, I had this little table and little chair that you know little kids have, and we sit at it and, and do what we do at those tables. And, and I decided I was going to turn that table and chair into a car. Uh, so I went down, and my dad just, our backyard looked like a salvage yard. There was just stuff everywhere, you know, boards and pipes and cans and whatever. And there was a, a wheel with an axle that had come off of some, you know, yard implement. And I took that wheel that was the single wheel that was still connected to the axle and took it on a couple of nails and a hammer And, you know, back then, the hammer is probably the same size as me. Mm -hmm. But I I took the table and I put it on its side and took the axle. I pounded a nail, and I still have this table and chair. Uh, I pounded a uh, nail into the side of the table and then another nail and bent them over so it would hold the axle. And then I pulled my chair up to the table, and I had them uh, both right next to my bedroom window. And I would sit there and turn that wheel like it was a steering wheel <laughs> and have my elbow out the window, because all, all grown-ups back then, it seems like all the dads drove with their elbows out the windows. Sure. And I just pretended to drive, and maybe that was, you know, the first time where the the love really, really was obvious, the uh, love of automobiles, and, and I followed up on it by doing something. So... Uh, I made a little car out of my table and chair.
0: <laughs> That's a wonderful story. That's wow. the first time I've ever heard that story. That's pretty pretty darn cool. And it's really nice that you still have it, too.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, they're in my garage.
0: That's wow. pretty neat. Well, Lance, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career that really pushed you to a breaking point? And more importantly, share with us how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it
1: working on the show when I, when I decided that it was going to go from being a hobby to something more uh, you know maybe a, a full time job, it was so far back that you know we 're just buried in automotive shows. you flip on your TV and you know everybody 's got some shows on there. Well, back when I started doing mine, there were none. I went to uh, a local station here in the Seattle area that was part of a uh, outfit that had 19 stations uh, scattered around. I took them the show, and I proposed, uh, you know, I pitched that, that they carry the show on their station. And they looked at it, and they said, well, the production's pretty good, and, and you know, you're doing a good job. But there's no market for a show about cars. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were really, really wrong. Just, you know, thank them for their time, but I wasn't going to let that deter me, and I just kept plugging away. And, of course, now, you know, it's, you flip on the TV, as I said, and there's just all kinds of shows out there, but I just, I, I wasn't going to take no for an answer, and I just kept plugging away. And as far as a tough time... um I was doing the the show, and I also had a, a real estate appraisal company for 18 years and had a crew of, uh, you know, five to nine people working for me depending on the market. And I realized that I was trying to do both. Uh, in the show, a lot of people that watch the show or see me at events where we're filming a show, they just sort of think I just goof around all day and stand in front of a camera and, talk and walk away and somehow the show mysteriously produces itself and ends up out there and they they have no concept of how much work is involved. It's a ton of work. And so I was trying to produce the show and trying to keep my real estate appraisal company uh, going and it just was overwhelming. And it really overwhelming. It was very stressful. It was just making me a little nuts And, and my wonderful wife she just said, "You know, why don't you just you know sell the appraisal company and just give your whole heart to the TV show? and And if it crashes, then fine, go out and get a job. But if it doesn't, you you get to uh, you know do what you really want to do. And I was real grateful for that, and and uh, put all my energy into the show. and And you know, I'm I'm alive and well. So.
0: <laughs> well, and now there's an entire network velocity focused on automobiles so how wrong yeah, how yeah. wrong they were but a lot of it is timing but i think the other message here is the support you had with your your partner your spouse uh is so mm-hmm. tremendous and so important and I, i'm equally fortunate my wife jill when i started this venture just said go for it just do it see uh-huh. if we can make it work yeah i think we're both pretty fortunate guys in that respect
1: yeah 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 and then my buddy Tim stansbury he uh He's been with me since the first, very first episode. We just did our 453rd episode last oh, weekend, wow. and and Tim, you know, he's if, if we're not making any money, he's staying with me. When we're making some money, he's staying with me. That guy, he just he does the work at three people. So uh, between having him on my team and my wife, uh, I, I just you know I was going to succeed at this.
0: Sure. Well, it's a key message for entrepreneurs is. It is really about who you surround yourself with. Who is that? Who are those people that you surround yourself with daily that support you and can make you successful? And you are a piece of those people, and it's so, so important to surround yourself with supportive people. Right. Lance, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum, and I'd like you to share a story when you had a real aha moment in your career, a time when you realized that, you know what, I think this is really going to make it Can you tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success?
1: Well, the the first thing that jumps to mind, uh, an aha moment for me, was, and I worked hard to create this aha moment, but one day my phone rang, and it was Jay Leno's secretary asking me or inviting me uh, to come down to LA, and Jay had sent word that he'd like me to be in the audience and meet with me after the show, and and also take a tour of his garage. Uh boy, oh, I was just
0: blown
1: That, you know, that, holy cow, Jay Leno. This is this is amazing. And so I, you know, I did get to meet with him and did get to tour his garage and he uh ended up doing a, a guest, uh guest being a guest on the show. He's actually been on twice now. And it was it was just great and Oh wow. and, and, and another if I can share it with you i after i received the laiya kolka family foundation award i which was just i was stunned when i received that but Lee uh, Iacocca, he wrote me a letter, and this was a ways back, this was when they, they, uh, the, the retro, you know, the 2005 Mustang came out, mm-hmm. and he wrote me a letter and said that he enjoyed watching my show and wanted to know if I thought that then the new design, retro design in the Mustang would be, eventually become a collectible car. And I thought, Lee Iacocca is asking me <laughs> that question. was so just, cool. Yeah, it was just amazing.
0: Wow, well, those are wonderful moments. And uh, having two people that are so much a part of the automotive world reach out to you sounds like a wonderful time. That's great. Let's have a little fun here. What was your first very special car? Could you share a memory or two you had with that vehicle?
1: Well, um, I bought a 48 Chev I uh, I think the the day I turned 16. And it was a forty eight Chev Aerial fleet line sedan, yellow and and I immediately had some rolls and pleats put in it and dropped the front end three inches and did all those things that, that our budget would allow us to do back then. And loved the car, but this this is I guess this is car related. I there's a story in my book called Out of Odor. There was a young lady that was in my high school I was a sophomore and everybody decided I needed to go out with her, and I I figured she would just think my car was absolutely irresistible, and <laughs> so I asked her out, and and uh, we went to the drive-in, and the Auto View in Tacoma. we were watching the movie. We got to to tickling each other, and this was all innocent. We were, you know, we we weren't misbehaving. were not misbehaving we were just having fun, and we were tickling each other, and I reached down pulled off her shoes and the odor of her feet was so <laughs> horrid that, that i oh had gosh. to get out of the car and i made some excuse about going and, and getting something at the refreshment stand fortunately when i came back she put her shoes back on but that poor shab of mine just you know smelled like the morgue or something for a while oh that my gosh so <laughs> oh, a- and then it was horrible that's
0: I was going to say, that is one of the most unique first special car stories I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and the same car, uh, I blew the motor up in it real quick after I bought it, and, and so I needed another motor for it. A buddy of mine had a, uh, he was putting a V8 in his chef, so he had a six-cylinder spare motor. And at the time, I was working at a pizza restaurant, so I traded him a pizza for the um, for his motor so that's what it and i paid a couple of my buddies in pizzas to help me put the motor in so that was a fun car
0: a pizza for a motor that's that's pretty darn unique too so okay. uh, too bad they didn't sell odor eaters at the uh, refreshment stand yeah. at that drive-in <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh gosh i hope she's not listening uh <laughs> uh seller's remorse is there a vehicle that you've had that you really wish you could have back
1: Out of all the cars I've ever owned, I had a 60 Thunderbird that was all restored, red with a white top and and, uh, Kelsey Hayes wheels, uh, red and white interior, just really, really nice car. I love Squarebirds, and this was the best one I'd ever seen. Drove it for eight years, decided it was just time to move on to the next car. Uh, Found a seller or a buyer for it right away told my wife, I, I, we did the deal with the, the buyer, and she was going to come pick up the car the next day, and so I told my wife uh, that night, I'm going to go down and, and say goodbye to the T-Bird, and just thinking I was going to go down and kind of look at her for a little while, and, and well I, I went in the garage, I climbed in the T-Bird, and I just broke down sobbing, <laughs> and I don't mean like a couple of snipples and, yeah. and a teardrop, I was sobbing, and I love that car so much. And I'd had such a great time in it, and it was the nicest car to drive. Uh, and so I just had a good cry, and, and then, then it was over. And, and the next day, uh, the, the buyer came, and got the car, and it drove off down the street, and I was okay. But that's the one I look back on. And of all the cars I've owned, if I could have one of them back in my garage, it would be that one.
0: <laughs> that's a great story. Is there a current project that you're working on right now, Lance, that really has you excited and fired up?
1: Well, it's, it's not a, par, a project, but it's a gathering of cars. I have just inherited two king midgets. A buddy of mine passed away recently and willed me his two king midgets. Uh, are you familiar with those?
0: Uh, somewhat, I am. Yes. Um, it's a long story, why? but go ahead.
1: Uh, they're, they're, they're tiny little cars, for any of your listeners that, that don't know if they pick up any old copy from the '50s or '60s of. Popular Mechanics, and they go in the back, they'll see a, uh ad for this tiny little car. It's kind of a glorified golf car. It's got a 12-horsepower motor. Well, I've got two of those, and I'm, the, the project part of the story is I've got to find room in my garage uh, to get those in, along with everything else. So I'm replacing a 50 Studebaker that I own. I bought a 64 uh, Volkswagen that's all restored. Nice. And yeah, so I can... I can fit them all in the garage, uh, along with my '06 Mustang, that's my daily driver and my wife's car. So, it's just getting the the garage lined out so I can get all those cars in there. And and I've suddenly become the the king of tiny cars. I don't know how that happened. It wasn't my intent. <laughs> but, uh,
0: well, you know, with a I was going to say a, maybe. Then, yeah, maybe since they're so small, you could just build a shelf up on the wall and park them up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah.
0: Having uh, visited the LeMay collection back before the the beautiful museum was built and visiting the LeMay house, some of the cars were actually parked up on shelves on walls. I don't right. Yeah, uh-huh. You've probably been there. Yeah. So.
1: I'm seeing a show uh, at the new uh, museum tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah, They're mo- The motorcycle shelf.
0: Oh, very cool, very cool. Now here's a funny question for you. If you were a car... What kind of car would you be and
1: why? Probably a 40 Ford Coupe. Uh, a traditional hot rod '44 Coupe. Uh, uh, red wheels, baby moons, uh, beauty rings, rolled pleat interior, flathead with thin uh, heads on it. Uh, just because I think there's, it covers all ground. There's a little class to those cars. There's a great tradition with those cars. Uh, that style of car, the, the lines, the curves on it are really nice. Uh, it, it, To me, you know, when, when you talk about old cars or icons of old cars, that's, in my world, that's pretty much the top of the, the heap, uh, a 40 Ford coupe. And, and so, you know, if I was going to wake up tomorrow morning a car, I think that's what I'd want to be.
0: <laughs> very nice, very nice. All right, we're up to what I call the last lap. That means the white flag's out. And this is where I fire off a series of questions and you give our listeners very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, here we go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Don't buy, don't buy a car and then dump thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into it to create what you want unless you have that kind of income and won't miss it when it's spent. Because if you buy a car that's already done, you're going to get it for 50 cents on the dollar for what somebody else has put into it. And, uh, you know, the car's done, uh, you're saving money. It's, you know, it's not a project that's going to take you five years to do. It's ready. It's in the garage. You can jump in and drive it. And, but I do have to, to say that if, if, you know, the the passion for car people is not always just driving the cars for some. Their love is building the cars, having those parts spread all over the garage and putting it all together and creating something. So uh, if that works for them, that's great. But uh, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, the biggest bang for the buck is buying somebody's completed project. I think it's good
0: advice. Great advice, and I've heard that from many, many people who've been on the show. Here at Cars, yeah, and also many people I know that restore cars and have restored cars that at the end they've said, well, that was fun, but you know what, I should have just found the perfect car and then driven it and enjoyed it. So great advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success?
1: Get focus on every day. Uh, I have a a big board on the wall, and I have what I'm going to do at 8 o'clock and what I'm going to do at 9 o'clock and what, you know, it just lays out the day, and of course you can't always do everything, you know, life gets in the way, and, and you can't do everything exactly when you want to do it, but by putting it up there, I just accomplish a lot more, I get things done, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's kind of, I, I get a, a nice feeling when I look at my board, and there's a little line through each of the things that I planned on doing, and I actually accomplished them, and so I, I get the, uh, you know, it's like if I was six years old and, and my teacher or my mother gave me a gold star on, on my project, <laughs> you know, it, it makes me feel like I've accomplished something. But on the other hand, you have. You, you kept to a schedule and you got things done.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and being an entrepreneur and so many entrepreneurs who are working for themselves is difficult sometimes because lots of things get in the way and distract you. So right. being focused mm-hmm. and having that, that whiteboard up there with those projects and marking them off does feel good, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Perhaps it's a website or a forum or something you go to regularly.
1: Well, it depends on what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I'm not very unique in this. I'm a big fan of Craigslist. Uh, I've had real good luck on Craigslist uh, buying and selling. I've had real good luck on eBay uh, buying and selling. Both of those locations are, are great for buying and selling, but they're also entertainment to me. I just like, well, you know, who's who's got what out there? What's for sale? And and, uh, I'll just, you know, see what's available out there and and do a little window shopping, a little dreaming. And then uh, I like uh, HotlineHotline.com. That's a good site. You know, search for items or search for cars and be pretty specific and seems to be a a pretty uh, active site, so people can, uh, you know, you, you can go there and, and uh, get a lot of stuff. And the jalopy, uh, of, uh, you know, that that uh, site is good, too. I don't get to it that often, but when I do, I wonder why I'm not on it every day, because it has such great stuff on it.
0: Those are great resources. Lance, would you share a book that you've recently read that you really enjoyed?
1: Um, David Dickinson he's an editor and he calls himself the creator of the old carnet book and what he did is uh he just got a hold of people he put the word out that he wanted people's car stories you know just the adventures they've been on their first car their mishaps their bad choices or whatever and he compiled all these stories into the book that he calls the old car nut book and it's a real fun read and he just came out just a week or so ago with uh volume two of it it's the same thing just more stories so i I, i'd advise everybody to buy my book first but then after that buy
0: his book well of course and I'll remind our listeners that you can find the links to all these resources that Lance has shared with us at carsya.com slash Lance Lambert. You can just type Lance into the search box and his show notes page will pop up and there'll be links to everything he's described, including how to get a hold of his books. We're up to the checkered flag now, Lance, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage... And it's something that you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with. And money's no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you want. What would that car be? And why did you choose it?
1: Well, I, I think I'm going to be redundant here. That '44 Ford I was talking about. Uh, I think that's what I want. And and uh, you know, it just it just says everything to me about the old car world and, and hot rods and tradition and. And I love the body style on them. My wife accuses me of liking '40s era cars because they look like women. The curbs on them just look like women's hips <laughs> and other parts. And and there may be a little truth to that. But uh, and it's not, you know, a, a real good '40 uh, Ford is uh, is attainable. It's not like I'm saying I want you know. Uh, um, and I know you said I could pick anything I wanted. And, and but I, you know, if you put a a <laughs> Um, a Dusenberg J in front of me that was worth $2 million and a 40 Ford and you threw out you just forgot about the money side I'd take the Ford every time because that's that's what I grew up lusting and, and that's what I still uh, really really want so I, I, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't spend a lot of money with your question there, but that's that's the car that I want.
0: Well, that's okay, and that's why I asked the question that way because it's something that you'd have to keep and have. And I love it when people choose something that they're really, really fond of and that they really have always wanted, no matter what it is. I've had some pretty interesting answers to that question, and some of them have been, of course, very expensive cars, and other than them have just been cars people like. So I love the way you answer that. That's great. Well, Lance, you've taken us on a great ride today and I've really enjoyed your stories and and learning more about you and talking with you and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with our listeners. If you could give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 40 Ford and then let us know what's the best way to find out about you and to find your books, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Okay. Well, the the advice, uh, any of your listeners that are wanting to get into the car culture and they're thinking to themselves, well, I, I, you know, that's nice, but I can't afford those cars. I go to those car shows and, and you know, those, those cars are way out of my budget. Well, you, the world is full of affordable cars. I tell people all the time, you give me $5,000 and I'll go find you a car that'll get you into every car show. And it may be You know a '66 Dodge Dart four-door sedan, but it'll be appreciated by people. Uh, And it's your foot in the door. It's an entry-level car, or maybe it's the car you dreamed. But don't let the money worry deter you from becoming part of the car culture, because there are a lot of uh, things out there. Volkswagen Beetles, which are really starting to come on strong at car shows. You know, eight or nine thousand dollars, you can buy something pretty nice and they're a fun little car and and so if if money is stopping you don't let it you can you you can get into the the culture and and maybe that car that you buy for eight you can sell for 10 and that one you can sell for 12 and that one you can sell for 20 and before you know it you're driving that forty four or whatever
0: yeah exactly and what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and get their hands on your books
1: well, a couple of websites and then, uh, you know, Amazon, the, the book is available at Amazon. Just go in there and type in Fenders, Spins and Friends. And it'll pop right up. Um, it's 15 bucks for a copy of it, and it's a really fun read. It's just a lot of good stories. There's a lot of humor in it. it it's a book that will make you smile. And as far as me, the, the television show, if they go to VintageVehicleTV.com, They'll learn all about the TV show and and the stations that it airs on. And if they want to know more about me uh, and all the various, you know, my writing and my emceeing and my auctioneering and and the the TV show and all the stuff that I do, they can go to Lance-Lambert.com and find out lots more.
0: Great. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to everything that Lance has shared with us today at CarsYad.com slash Lance Lambert. Lance, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.